Hi, welcome to another episode of Paul Tom Power, Power System Design's podcast on the latest in power and power design. I'm your host, Alex Palt, and today I've got Steve Gossett, Jr. He's the CEO of Sky Energy. They're a uh, company developing solutions for intelligent buildings and for this next generation of uh, energy management that obviously we're all trying to develop between uh, smart grid and Internet of Things and all these other intelligent systems. Isn't that right, Steve? Welcome to the show. Well, thanks, Alex. I appreciate you having me on. Oh, glad to have you here. Glad to have you here because, I mean, it is a very complicated picture, right? I mean, the electrical grid is the most complicated thing we've ever built. The smart grid is something we're making up as we go along, but then you have real-world things. I'm a, I'm a building owner. I'm a landowner. I'm a facility manager. I've got a campus. Those are all kinds of challenges in energy monitoring management, getting a real ROI, understanding what's going on. There are a lot of moving pictures, right? I mean, uh, pieces, right, Steve? Oh, very much so, Alex. And, you know, it's interesting you bring up things like smart grid and the intelligence uh, upstream of utility meters, and there's, there's a great deal of instrumentation and effort going into understanding that. Once you break past the barrier of the utility meter and understanding what the disaggregation of the energy load, if you will, where does that energy go past the meter? Where is it going into a building? Is the building using energy correctly? Is there enough intelligence within the, the building there that I can try to harvest information from that's really helpful? understand, much like you would smart grid, but understand smart grid downstream, inside the meter and beyond, and are there ways for me to be able to affect use there, and then pair that up to the data of things like smart grid. Mm-hmm. So it, because it is really a, an IP and a hardware and a tech thing, where do you enter the picture? Are, is it a case of you're trying to use existing technologies, developing next-generation technologies, integrating the developing technologies? Where's that value add? So the, the way the question is phrased, I would answer yes. But let me start first by <laughs> and, and by yes, I mean all three. But what I start by saying that uh, the first thing that we do at Sky that is different is that we believe that uh, fundamentally the business model of how you try to integrate technology and leverage these things to affect the built environment, we're focusing first and foremost on what is the delivery of service method and is that in and of itself capable of driving market adoption. What I mean by that is, is if you look at adjacent industries like telecommunications and others, people have really migrated towards as-a-service models and not big capital allocation strategy things, but more of a pay-as-you-go model on all kinds of different things, whether it be data, telecommunications, et cetera. And energy, I believe, uh, is going to move in the same direction, and energy infrastructure will go right along with it. So when we start looking at things like technology, the first thing that we're asking is, is what are the real end-use consumers concerned with? And the answer I would posit to you is they're concerned with outcome, 72 degrees of air, on at 7 a.m., off at 7 p.m., this level of reliability, this level of sustainability, and this level of continuity of business. All of the other things that we're really talking about are all really designed to help facilitate this outcome. So when mm-hmm. I look at Sky, what are we trying to do? We're trying to first start with a delivery mechanism that lets us focus on outcome, and then let's look at the technologies to help that we can leverage to reduce our cost of delivering these services or improve the reliability of what we're providing in these services. And then if we start pointing this concept towards the built environment, existing buildings already that in many cases have 
20 and 30 year old technologies in them. How do I adopt these things to be able to deliver a better outcome? And that's really what Sky is about, is that adoption and that integration of technologies, but all ultimately being levered to be able to push delivering outcome and primarily focused on, on existing buildings. Mm-hmm. So now, like, let's let's look at a, a, an existing building. Let's say I, I own a facility. Uh, you could pick the size. What are some of the issues that I'm being confronted with right now that you're addressing? Well, I'll pick on uh, a part of the market that people love to focus on, commercial real estate. So a uh, bulk of the commercial real estate in the United States, something on the order of 75% of buildings were built 20 years or older um, ago. And so the bulk of our building stock is, is pretty long in the tooth, if you will. And if I own this real estate, it may be very well located, well tenanted, but I'm coming up on the end of useful life on a tremendous amount of energy-related infrastructure in that building, uh, particularly as it relates to how I heat, cool, light, and control that building. And there's all these technologies that have entered into the marketplace in, the, say, 20, 25 years since the building was built that I would love to integrate if it didn't matter what, uh, what it costs to do that. But it does matter what it costs to do that. And people that own real estate do that for the purposes of generating return for their investors. And so that very frequently uh, investing in these technologies that many of us are passionate about and seeing adoption, adopted, they're not going to do that because the returns aren't justified. So if someone like us can come to them and say, if you spend right now a million dollars a year, say, on energy, you can pay us uh, slightly less than your million dollars a year that you're currently spending We'll take what you're spending and we'll go invest several million dollars in replacing the infrastructure of your building in exchange for you committing to pay us your utility budget for a period of, say, seven to, to ten years. And within the economics of you paying me your existing bill, I will develop and deploy a retrofit project that will put in a significant amount of new infrastructure and new technology. And in exchange for putting that in, I'm also going to pay your utility bills over the span. And the difference between what you pay me but what I pay the utility company, I will use to recover all this infrastructure investment that I do. And that fundamentally allows someone who owns uh, a real estate asset, for example, to have this adoption of, te- of all this technology and deal with, say, a big looming capital problem that they have. And at the same time, what they really end up getting out of that is the keys of outcome. Again, is the system going to be reliable? Is it going to be sustainable? Is it going to have high continuity of business? And is it going to perhaps enhance the return that I have for this asset by doing something that from the NGO perspective or governmental perspective is also incredibly environmentally responsible because when we do a project like this, the actual energy consumption at that site may be reduced by 30, 40% as a result of changing all these technologies. Right. Well, you know, the interesting thing about that, Steve, is that it's it's almost um, – inevitable but yet interesting and surprising to see it happening because I've been people have been telling me and I've been telling other people about you know the digitization of power and the uh, awareness and management of power shifting from a direct energy management play to almost an IT play and to, to when, once you start now thinking about outsourcing your power which was once a you know you think was a core boring infrastructure competency is now an enabling technology power you can do more things with power than just simply power things i know that i mean well you know what i'm talking about in the audience hopefully knows what i'm talking about but you get where i'm coming from in that 
There are things Absolutely. that you can do with the system. Exactly. And now you're allowing these people who have no idea, don't have that IP, you're saying, okay, well, fine, outsource your power management to us, and we'll use our, our knowledge base to get you what you're trying to accomplish. Well, there's also a question of highest and best use, too. Uh, it, the, the whole concept like the Ford over specialization. If you run a university or a commercial office building or a hospital, your core competency is what your core business function is going to be. In the commercial real estate world, it's delivering uh, reliable space to tenants and being able to make sure that you're keeping them satisfied at high satisfaction levels continuously so you're getting renewal. If you're running a hospital, you're seeking to provide the best environment for, for, for care to these patients or university to provide the best educational environment that's consistent and reliable for students. But your core competency at the university is teaching. Um, and your core competency at a hospital is healing the sick. And mm-hmm, when you start looking at what the value of outsourcing these types of concepts is, our highest and best use in resources, we're really good at managing these systems and developing these systems and managing these systems. And so doing that outsourcing specialization is a natural business evolution that we have seen in every other market. And, and it's just going to come to the same thing in both power, power infrastructure, HVAC, all these building systems, you're going to move towards this kind of outsource model. And, you know, the Europeans have done these types of things uh, back in the 1800s even and selling uh, steam and coal bunker services under a model that was referred to as, as chauffage. Uh, the mm. power market's going to move to that as well. And, you know, if you, you know, given your bend towards power itself, it's, it's interesting to see that when the electrification of the urban environments in the United States first started, we weren't talking about grid. We were talking about true microgrid and very limited space delivery. And right. a lot of where the market's headed to is, is kind of a virtualized version of that. Sometimes it really truly is a microgrid with on-site generation and other technologies. Sometimes it's an aggregation of these things. But what we're seeing is the disaggregation of control, the proliferation of intelligence, both on the outside and inside of these meters, and the market will evolve in ultimately how you deliver and use service. They're going to move faster and further, in my mind, from kilowatt hours and MCF of gas and pounds of steam and significantly further towards 72 degrees of air, on at this time, off at this time, because ultimately that's what people want to buy. They don't want to buy these intermediate variables that we in the industry refer to as these feeder inputs like kilowatt hours and steam and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, Stephen, that's funny. Well, it's not actually funny, but it, it, when you think about it, the, the whole aspect of the virtualization, again, looking at almost an IT model, and then also the uh, where it's all going and the challenges involved, and it, it, it really behooves uh, people to either educate themselves significantly in the space or hire someone who understands it. Oh, there's no question, and, and you know, there's, there's all kinds of interesting dimensions and, and unintended consequences that are going to be coming from this market as it, as it begins to finally catch up with some of the technology integration in other places. People find it fascinating and frightening at the same time how little technology integration there is in things like power and power infrastructure versus things like the IT world that you're talking mm-hmm. about. That won't last forever. We will see greater and greater penetration of technologies. And again, going back to the business model concept that I was talking about earlier, being able to to build fences around the financial impact of integrating technology and maximizing tying the financial impact 
to the cost of deploying those things. Again, concepts around as-a-service models, pay as you go, pay from savings, these types of things. That is really going to drive adoption because if you can get the market to stop thinking about technology as I can invest in technology or I can invest in my core business, if you can get away from that business calculus and instead have somebody say, I can take what I'm already spending and leverage what I'm already spending to drive adoption of new technologies and relieve myself of other capital burdens about the reliability of my underlying infrastructure, that's mm-hmm, what drives mm-hmm, adoption. Mm-hmm. That's what's going to drive the revolution. And that's what we're focused on building is the enabling both technology and IP and network and everything else around driving the mass market adoption of energy infrastructure delivered to as-a-service models. Well, now, how does someone get involved? How do I, what do I do? Uh, how do I walk in the front door? What's your URL? Well, first, we, uh, you can find us at www.scienergy.com. Uh, the people that are most typically focused on us, we work in a, in a model that's uh, kind of, we refer to as virtual vertical integration. We love to work with partners, big electrical and electrical infrastructure contractors, mechanical contractors, et cetera, that we assemble in a form of ecosystem to co-develop these big infrastructure projects with us. We also deal with end-use customers, you know, big industrials, the big commercial office, uh, private sector groups like private universities and private healthcare, all of these uh, stakeholders we work with to try to invest in their infrastructure because ultimately you, you hit upon it earlier in saying, you know, here's, here's what somebody's existing spend is, existing infrastructure. We view that as a potential asset. We are looking to acquire that asset. We are looking to try to invest in that asset, whereas people are looking at it as potentially a burden. I'm looking at it as an opportunity and an asset. So, Anything that looks like that, we definitely want to talk to them. And people that want to work in those spaces, we want to talk to them as well because we work with partners to go deploy these projects. Excellent. Well, hey, Steve, thank you so much for being on the show. But before I let you go, I always let my guests have the last word. So whatever you want to say and leave with our audience before I close out the episode, be it a tip, an idea, your thoughts on your services if you'd like, or whatever you'd like to leave our audience with, it's up to you, but uh, the floor is yours. Oh, I appreciate that, and an unexpected gift. So the last thing that I would just say is that when we talk about fundamental disruption of market, I view the way that uh, our current utility model of delivering energy and energy services to people is dysfunctional. And I think that's a big issue and why we've seen problems with technology adoption in the energy sector. And as the market moves to this more as-a-service model concept, I think you're going to see rapid proliferation of technology. And we won't be paying lip service to things like smart buildings at some point in the future. Is it three years, five years, ten years? I don't know exactly. But at some point, we truly are going to be looking at an integrated smart building with smart grid and being able to really eliminate waste from the system. And I personally, as a technology uh, dork, if you will, I'm super excited about the impact of what that's going to mean to the next generation of engineers coming into the market. Well, you know, Steve, I agree with you completely. I am also very wide-eyed about it all myself, and I'm glad that um, there are more people out there who have that uh, feeling because we've got a long way to go, and unless we all pull enthusiastically, it's going to be hard to get there. Yes, but uh, you know, with with great opportunity and great challenge is also an opportunity to make great returns. So those of us who are going to really go in here and, and drive this market, there's going to be a lot of fortunes made, just like there was in communications 
telecommunications in the 90s in this very sector. This is the, the thing I say to people who are coming out of college right now. The energy and energy infrastructure sector, this is the market that is going to be the next big, huge adoption. And the things that are, whether it be on-site generation, solar, wind, technology, power, efficiency, all of these things, there's going to be an enormous amount of capital and wealth creation in this market. So it's an exciting time. I agree with you completely, Steve. So thank you so much for being on the show. And uh, we'll have to drag you back on the show downstream and see what's going on in the space again. Well, Alex, I really appreciate your time. Thanks for having me. Pleasure is mine. And I'd like to thank everyone out there in the audience for taking the time to be with us because, obviously, we wouldn't be here without you. Tell your friends. This is Alex Paul for Paul Tom Power. Have a great day.